Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. It's good to be with you again on episode five of the Liberty Cafe. The tagline for the Liberty Cafe is where oppression is on the menu. And then back at the beginning, in the first episode of, of the Liberty Cafe, I mentioned that we're going to be exploring the fault lines between oppression and liberty. So I want to talk a little bit about that in the context of our topic today, renewable energy. Before we get to renewable energy proper, then, let, let me kind of lay out the, the, the fault lines in this battle between liberty and oppression. So there, there's two people, two types of people in this world who are engaged in this battle. One are the people of God who are pursuing liberty. One are the people of Satan who are pursuing impression. Now, lest some of you think, well, this guy's starting out on the wrong foot. I suppose he thinks that he's on the side of liberty. Well, yes, I do, but it's not because of me. Because the gospel means that all of us have the opportunity of being on the side of liberty. It also tells us, because it's good news, that we are all on the side of oppression and Satan when we got started. And only by the grace of God can we move from one side to another. So just because you're hearing me today talk about good things about liberty and God, it doesn't mean I've always been here, because I haven't been. And if you happen to be on the other side of that, doesn't mean that you can't also come and join me and many others by the grace of God in worshiping Jesus Christ. So that's, that's the good news that we can take from here. But it also helps us describe what's going on in the world today in many areas. And I want to particularly focus on renewable energy. Being on the wrong side of the battle doesn't mean that we're there just because we have sinful attitudes and actions. In one part, that's because even Christians have sinful attitudes and actions. And so while we're on the right side, the winning side, it doesn't mean that we don't act in ways that benefit the other side occasionally. But we can also do that in our sinful beliefs. And that's the case whether you're Christian or not. That's why I think that renewable energy is a perfect example of the fault line of where we're talking about. Because I believe that if people are happy with what is happening with renewable energy today, and I'll get into that. It's not, not whether or not we have renewable energy, but it's the culture around it. If you're supportive of that, if you think that we are saving the planet through all these things, then I believe you're on the wrong side of the line. So again, as I mentioned, the good news is that we can all repent of that and follow the right line by looking at the Bible and learning from it what it tells us about a lot of different things. So now getting into renewable energy directly, one of the great mysteries of the world today is why roughly 3.3 billion people, about 45% of all the people on the planet, live in places where the per capita electricity consumption is less than 1,000 kilowatt hours per year or less than the amount used by the average refrigerator over here in America. Robert Bryce has written an excellent new book that looks into this and, and, and other issues related to that called A Question of Power. I would highly recommend that you get it. And if you go to the 
at my website www.excellentthought.net you can see a review that I've written on it there just click on the energy tab and it'll take you right to it so Bryce has many intriguing facts that he brings up and marshals in his book to to make his case here but but here's here's just one of them that the amount that electricity used in the in the third world today these 45 percent of all the people in the world is only about a quarter of what the 4,000 per kilowatt hour per year per capita electricity use that is just the minimum for what we use over here in, in America and other places uh, to, to be considered the, the, the minimum level for living a long, high-quality life. And it's also about the same amount of electricity as the average resident of Chicago used back in 1925. So that kind of begs the question, why is almost half the world about 100, in year, 100 years behind the times when it comes to using electricity? Well, interestingly, one aspect of this seems to be what God you believe in. Bryce comes up with this. He says that while Christians are spread fairly evenly among the three segments, uh, the three segments being the, the high-use world, the high-use electricity world, the middle-use, and then the low-use, what he calls the unplugged world, uh, high-watt world versus low-plugged, unplugged world, about two-thirds of the world's Muslims lived in the unplugged countries, and about 99% of the world's Hindus lived in the unplugged world. In the high-watt world, 4,000 kilowatts per year per capita and above, Christians outnumber Muslims by five to one. Well, why would what God you believe in have a correlation to how much electricity you use? And, by the way, what prosperity level you live under? Well, basically it's because Christians have a unique understanding and a commitment to the importance of the individual because we know that the individual is made in God's image. Other religions don't value individuals like the Christian do. Neither do they value the rule of law and liberty, uh, treating, loving your neighbors as yourselves. So that means that in the Christian world, there's a lot less theft and resulting destruction of capital than there is in the third world, if you will, which allows for the capital that is needed to develop the infrastructure for generating and distributing electricity. So that's one reason that this is taking place. But, but unfortunately, the attack on reliable, affordable energy use is not just going on in the third world. It's going on right here in America and in Europe today, North America and Europe today. And, and in the middle of that push is the effort to promote renewable energy. So why would I make that case? Well, let me lay it out for you. Renewable energy simply doesn't work. It doesn't accomplish what people say it will accomplish. It is inefficient, it is unreliable, and it is unaffordable. And the more resources we pour into it, the poorer we are going to be. And by the way, the, the poorer people around the whole world are going to be. Because as we push these renewable energy policies on the rest of the world, which are already far behind, it's going to make life for them even worse and electricity more expensive and harder to get to. That's in addition to all the problems they're already having with theft and government oppression taking away the capital needs to, to build this vast expensive system to generate and distribute electricity. Let me tell you why renewable energy just doesn't work. First of all, it's, it's just inefficient. 
And, and the key concept here is energy density or power density. Uh, nuclear energy is by far the most density-rich fuel source in America. If you look at wind energy in that context, wind energy is, is up to 100 times lower in power density than nuclear energy. And the, the same is true for both coal and natural gas. Much more energy-rich, energy-dense than wind or solar. For instance, here's an example. A nuclear energy has a pretty small footprint. It requires about 1.3 square miles per thousand megawatts of installed capacity. If you take a wind farm to produce the same amount of electricity, you would need between 260 square miles and 360 square miles of land to do that. Solar is more efficient in some ways than, uh, although it's also more expensive, it's more efficient in just the amount of land that it takes. It requires only 40, between 45 and 75 square miles of land. Coal and nuclear are much closer to the 1.3 square miles than the, the 260 plus that you need for wind and the 45 plus you need for solar. They're, they're just more efficient. You need vast amounts more of space for, for wind and for solar than you do for any of the traditional uh, fuels that we need. And all these, this vast amount of space requires a whole lot more resources going into it, not in the construction of the facilities and the land use and all these kind of things. It's just not very efficient. Second, renewable energy is unreliable. The simple truth of the matter is that when the wind isn't blowing, wind farms can't produce electricity. When the sun isn't shining, solar farms can't produce electricity. And unfortunately, particularly when it comes to the wind blowing, the wind tends to stop blowing, particularly in the south and the west, when we need the electricity the most. On those hot summer afternoons, the wind dies away just when we need the most electricity. When people are leaving work, going home, ACs and systems in both places, home and work, are running. And, we, and the temperatures are high, and we need the, a lot of electricity. Wind can't cover that, and even solar has troubles with that. It's just very in a, unreliable. They're not there when we need them. Now, one way you can deal with that is by buying batteries. But Robert Bryce calculated that storing the 9.6 terawatt hours of electricity needed for California to get to 80% of its electricity from renewables would require the state to install more than 700 million power walls. Power walls are the latest, greatest uh, government-subsidized creation of Elon Musk. Those 700 million power walls would cost a lot of money, which kind of leads us to the last point. Nuclear energy is unaffordable. Batteries at great cost. Batteries are required to make renewable energy work at, at a respectable level and they add great cost and costs that aren't needed by nuclear coal or natural gas and this is on top of the fact that wind energy and solar energy already cost more to produce than electricity from natural gas from coal or from nuclear energy right don't believe the marketing pitch from the renewable energy side, that these costs for wind and solar are dropping and, and in many cases are cheaper than traditional fuels. It's not the truth. It's, it's a lie. 
they have lots of studies to back this up, but those studies, in fact, are lies. They're, they're made by people who all have an agenda, and they can put all the science to it they want, uh, but it's not really science. It, it's, just, it's just propaganda. One of the reasons we can see for this affordability is there's just so much more natural gas and coal available out there. It's abundant. It's ready to available. It's easy to transport in most places. You can get to it. You can use it. And it's much more efficient when you generate from it. That shows us why generation is far more efficient and reliable and affordable from these fuels than they are from renewable energy sources. So let's look at some of the things that happen because of this. Wind energy in particular, but solar too, is growing in generation just in Texas this year. Last year it got to 20% from, we got 20% of our electricity from uh, wind energy. This year we might reach as high, or so far we've reached as high as 26%. So why is that happening when everything else I've been talking about is true? Well, the, the simple reason for that is subsidies. The federal government, state governments, and local governments are taking billions of dollars every year out of your pocket in the form of tax credits to these other companies and giving that money to them. To These are you know, multi-billion dollar corporations. I've got a chart on my website which you can see in uh, my, my article, Renewable Energy Feeling the Pain of COVID-19. That's right above on the energy section, right above Robert Bryce's review. And it shows that uh, we've got like 11 companies on here with a $355 billion market cap. They've received $14.4 billion in tax credits since 2006. That's $14.4 billion in taxes they're not paying, but you are. You're either paying for that in higher taxes today or paying off the loans that the government is taking out to, to make up for that $14.4 billion. But you're paying for it, and these people are getting rich off of it. People who are already pretty rich, by the way. In Texas, those subsidies this year will total about $2.3 billion from federal, state, and local subsidies combined. Across the U.S., those subsidies will total about $9 billion going to the renewable energy industry. Out of uh, Since 2006 through 2029, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has estimated that about $35 billion will go to the renewable energy subsidies in Texas alone. Across the United States, that's $120 billion. Some folks in the renewable energy industry like to say, well, yes, we get subsidies, but so do the oil and gas industry. But the, the numbers really pale in comparison. Whether you look on an absolute amount, how much they're getting, or a per unit of energy, per kilowatt of energy subsidy, far more money is going to the renewable energy industry and subsidies than it is to all other energy sources combined. It's just not close. In addition to subsidies, or because of subsidies actually, we have a lot of other activities going on the renewable energy field. And they're all designed to one end. It's to keep the subsidies going. Because they know that without these subsidies, they're out of business. They go broke. Renewable energy can't compete. And so they'll do anything they can to pursue these subsidies. I've got a few examples for you. First of all, we have Republican 
Representative Mark McBride of Moore, Oklahoma. He got suspicious, and so at one point a few years back, and so he called the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation. And they did an investigation, and they determined that longtime Texas political consultant George Shipley, also known as Dr. Dirt, hired some private investigators to put a tracker on his pickup truck. And this is not just rumor. This is actually in court records up in Oklahoma. And apparently the purpose for this was to try and find dirt on Representative McBride because he had become a primary opponent of the wind industry in Oklahoma. Started out in favor, but when he saw the wasted money that was coming from Oklahoma taxpayers, he turned around and looked at it from the right perspective and saw the problems, and so he went after the wind energy. They came after him. He was going after him on the policy front. They came after him on the personal front. They were found out. The hiring of this private investigators were traced back to Texas. The Oklahoma Wind Energy Coalition denied having any part in this, but the interesting thing is that Special Agent Steve Tanner with the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation learned that the Wind Coalition offices in Texas, right here in Austin, Texas, are at the same address as Mr. Shipley's offices were at 919 Congress, Austin, Texas, 78701. Now, that has changed to some, some extent. Uh, the, the Wind Coalition actually changed their name their efforts go on to promote renewable energy subsidies. We also have a, a lady down in Wharton County, Krisha Ryan. Uh, she became a staunch opponent of a wind farm that company was trying to put into Wharton County for a couple of reasons. One, because uh, Wharton County is her home, and these wind farms just ruin the land, the atmosphere, in, in many ways in these uh, communities. Particularly, though, Krisha Ryan's and families in the uh, crop dusting business. And crop dusting and wind turbines just don't go well together. It would make it very difficult for she and her family to do her business, uh, in addition to the problems of just invasion of what's going on in the area around them. So she put up a website. She had meetings. I went down there to talk to the, some of those folks at the meetings, and, and she's doing a great effort. Well, she said some things that the wind farm company didn't like, and they sent her a cease and desist letter threatening to sue her if she didn't take back some of the things she said. Well, she hadn't said anything wrong, and so she was able to find a really good attorney who sent a letter back to the wind farm company and really brought the law to bear on what they were trying to do, and they backed down immediately. But not everybody has Chris Ryan's wherewithal to find an attorney and pay for it. And that's what these wind farm companies are counting on in their bullying tactics. That's just another case. And then, of course, we have the, the case of Sharla and Owen Bean up in Comanche County. I met with them several years ago. They were the first people I met, matter of fact, in this, this battle against wind farms coming into local rural communities. Unfortunately, they lost their battle. And you'll see the, uh, the, the picture on the, the entry on, the, on my website is from inside their house looking out a window at a wind turbine. And you can't look out. If you sit at their dining room table, 
you can't look out any of the windows there and not see either a wind turbine spinning during the day or red lights blinking at night. They're, they're surrounded by these things. When the wind's blowing the right way, they make noise. They keep them up at night. It's just an intrusion. And I'm all in favor for people using their land for what they want to use it for. And if a, a neighbor of the beans wants to put up a wind farm, wind turbine, that's their right. But the simple fact of the matter is nobody would want to put up a wind turbine anywhere if it weren't for the government subsidies. So this isn't just a matter of private property rights. It's a matter of government subsidies really reaching in and ruining a lot of these people's lives. Let me just wrap up here in saying that th there's nothing wrong with trying to generate electricity from wind and the sun. But the fact of the matter is doing so is always going to be accompanied by the tactics I've described, including taking of billions of dollars from hundreds of millions of Americans to enrich just a few wealthy people for the, the simple reason that without the subsidies, renewable energy cannot survive except on a very limited scale. So that's why I'm positing today that renewable energy as it functions today is on the wrong side of the line, promoting oppression instead of liberty. So that's why I would suggest to everyone who's listening to me out there that you get off the renewable energy bandwagon and join me on the side of liberty.